Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 105. 105. Not a palindrome, not a radio station. Just a a good number. God, there's got to be something. Oh, you know what it is, Vince? Hmm. Five? Oh, God, this is so fun. Okay, hold on. Five? Okay, wait, this is like some number play. So, five is half of ten. One, zero, five, ten, five. Ten divided by two. Oh, I get it. Five times two, ten. Five plus five. Oh, this is numerology. One oh five. I get it. This is like in the Illuminati. Yeah, and those. Well, I mean, this is like numerology. Vince, we're on ten thousand hours. You know, people are digging deep into the numbers here and figuring out some of those cryptic messages that we're leaving these breadcrumbs for folks to to five times two is ten, as in two hosts are the only people on this episode. That's right. You're listening to a hostful, and we're talking about something that we've had in the bank for a long time. We really want to talk about it. Uh, We've gone through you might say iterations of it of the idea yeah. oh but that is the idea it's iteration so we're talking about process to reach point b from point a and how important and how important and, and how important and, and how that's my important. cincinnati accent uh how important getting to point a in the first place even is yeah oh absolutely oh and and the value the value of being iterative the the philosophies that are part of an iterative ideology <laughs> we really did kind of dig into it as a as sort of a way well, of course but as a way of looking at the world in a way of really um making work and creating and using that to frame some of how you interact with clients interact with collaborators and ultimately interact with yourself absolutely uh, no doubt shout out to iterating shout out to death the stock who is sponsoring this episode of the podcast which <laughs> i mean by my involvement and not by my involvement it was sort of already an iteratively uh ideological company or, yes, or brand certainly but, but i think um as i've inserted myself deeper and deeper into <laughs> infiltrated <laughs> yeah the halls yeah it's uh, it's it's embodied more and more of that iterative ideology certainly ideology, i'm using that right right yeah it really is an ideology yeah, it's yeah. a philosophy yeah it's a creative point of view and i think death is stuck certainly embodies that oh man and it's so fun I, just even in our product which most oftentimes is photo packs but is also other things it, it, you can see how iterative it is. You can see us evolving aesthetically, exploring, experimenting. And it's so fun to just kind of have people along for that ride with us. It, and so basically we give uh, photo packs, resources, uh, tools, inspiration for people to use um, creatively, otherwise, as brands, as whatever, as individuals. And um, yeah, I, I, we give away 10 free photos every month, which is sweet. I, and it's generous. I would recommend it to my mother, and I have. <laughs> so deathofthestockphoto.com. Check it out. Sign up for the free free uh, resources every month. And yeah, then maybe go do there. that. If you don't like that, then... Then who going. are you? Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> then stop listening. To no, that no, end... <laughs> To that end, though, thank you, Death to Stock, for creating a, a creative and generous and iterative product Ooh. and for your support of the show. And thank you to us for putting on the show. Yeah, thank you to Vince. Thank you to Grant. And, I mean, well, of course, thank you to the listeners. Shouts out, shouts out. But thank you to Numbers. Thank you. Thank you, Numbers. 
Thank you for all that you've done to make math happen. To make math happen, to make the show happen. I feel like without numbers, where would we be on the show? We'd be on episode... (laughs) And here we are on episode 105, iteration. Hope you enjoy it. What a cool artist name that would be. Soundwave Surfer? Sonic Surfer? Isn't that Sonic like a thing? Sonic Surfer, dude, I like it. Like, And you'd be silver. You'd be like a silver surfer. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Like cool, like superpowers where you can just like surf on everything. Have you seen St. Vincent? No. Now available on Netflix? No, I don't know what it is. Oh. Is this wow. a show? No, it's a, uh, it's a movie, mm-hmm. a feature film from writer director Theodore Melfi, who is a real fucking journeyman story in terms of feature directing. He's a commercial director for a long time, was plotting away at this feature that he was writing, and fucking got it produced by Harvey Weinstein and got Bill Murray in it, and he tells this fantastical story of getting Bill Murray into the movie. It's so good. I, I, I'm trying to think of... In a, like an interview? Several. Uh, he was on Jordan Brady's podcast, Respect the Process. No shit. Yeah, for sure. I actually was chatting with Jordan about trying to get Theodore on because it'd be f- a blast to have him. But because I love the movie and I read the script and I love the script. And I got to watch this. Crazy, like, it's good though. Oh, yeah. The movie's fantastic. It's it's mostly about... about mm, what's the synopsis? Well, let me read it here. <laughs> some audio magic yeah no um bill murray's character is kind of in the dumps and it's him i think finding new purpose in caring for a young boy and uh some shenanigans some fun times some sad times some resolution <laughs> some climax some uh yeah I would say those are the main elements. I, I mean, there's definitely an act one, an act two, an act three. A man finds redemption by yeah, living yeah. for someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Great. And he climbs through the tunnel at the end, 150 yards of shit, comes out of the prison. Oh, a Shawshank rap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He Shawshanks it right at the end. <laughs> it actually, it's a cutback scene. After they the actually film. used a cutting room floor footage of Shawshank. Yeah. In it. I hear. They repurposed. I heard that's they what happened. They were over budget and they needed, <laughs> they needed that. So they stacked the end. The last 20 <laughs> minutes are just the last 20 minutes of Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah, but apparently they had the right. What a wild choice. <laughs> I know, but I feel like, here's the thing, Vince. When you watch it, it kind of works. <laughs> it kind of works. I'm excited. I do love Shawshank. So. This was all, for me, um, just a kind, a kind of a way to get to my first question. but Because Vincent, St. Vincent. Oh, uh, I my saintly. God. This is the long con. I consider you pretty saintly. I will say, I don't know, your full name is not Vincent, correct? It is, though. Vincent Franklin Kochi. I said it's not not Vincent. That's right. Correct? Okay. You're right. Of okay, course. Yes. And of course, I know that because we're dear friends. We've done over 100 episodes of the show. And and you're Grantworth. And I'm Grantworth. <laughs> Actually, Grantsley. Grantsley? I, that's much better. I like Thank that. Thank you. Yeah, me that's too. I, well, I had it legally changed. I was originally Grantsworth. <laughs> Um, oh okay yeah so saint vincent i'll check it out no i'm 
to addressing oh, you. Yes. So St. Vincent, I'm wondering if you could just tell me what you're working on. What are you putting your dime into? I'm glad you asked. Uh, we've got a cool client called Berkeley, which is a... a oh, so- I wanted to start with a C so bad. A cool client called... Yeah, no, sorry. Okay. Drop the... It could have been a K, I guess. It was more of the sound. But uh, alas, it's with a B. What is it? Berkeley? Berkeley, uh, their, their line of soft synthetic baits. So Berkeley Gulp uh, is the name of it. It's like for fishing. Okay. Yeah. My mind went so many different crazy places there. And I, let's not even explore that territory, <laughs> yeah, well, but it was fun for me. I hope it was equally as fun for you, the listener. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they're cool. It's cool to work on like a consumer-facing product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get to, it's sports fishing. And, you and I know you're face. a fisherman. <laughs> yeah, quite the angler. <laughs> no, I'm not at all. I, I've caught in one fish in my whole lifetime, despite the best efforts of my father. My go-to flirt line when I was like, I would say like 13 to like 16 or something, 12 to 16. It was a pretty flirty I'm little boy. impressed well, that you had a flirt line at that young, tender age. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean... Actually, then, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I am yeah. impressed, but I'm not surprised. Okay, respect. Yeah, uh, my flirts go way back. Uh, but I used to do this thing where I'd go, yeah, one time, um, and I would launch into this, not unlike the beginning of the podcast, this <laughs> meandering story. Circuitous. Where I sort of like kind of duped them into like, wait, did that make sense? What is he... Was he saying... Wait... And then I kind of ended with like, yeah, and then I, I caught this fish and um, it was this big. And I would, oh, you, sh- oh, okay. I would show them an ever-increasing size with my hands. So if you place your hands... Um, now, listeners, you're not going to be able to see his hands, so I'll try to describe. Is, yeah, this is over. Yes. He's doing, he's kind of parsing them equal distant from each other. Yeah, like as if you were... As if you were going to hold hold a block, a six-inch block between right, your hands. Right, right. Well, but more accurately, like you're going to measure a kind of an indeterminate distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah giving people a, a kind of a feel for it. Yep, yep. And then I would slowly start to move one of my hands. So one stays still, and now the one is expanding outward into a wide arc. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have to note here, Vince, it wasn't just, it's not exactly sideways. There's a bit of an up. Right, Because right. I, what I would be doing is I would be sitting next to them. Parallel? Yeah. Parallel. And I would be I would be extending my arm around uh, their shoulders. The, it's it's a sort of a very intricate play on the old yawn and stretch. Yes, right, yes, right, yes, right, yes. right. But <gasps> but to to the nth degree. Oh, with yeah. a lot more moving parts. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um That is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Pretty effective. Because you get you disarm with a chuckle. I think that's kind of the sunk cost fallacy. They've listened to you for so long <laughs> that at this point, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. I guess I'm in. Um, yeah, so you've never tried that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. But I have been working on this client, which is really fun. It's a good time. And, you know, that's more or less it. Have you, have you seen those billboards? Um, there, What's the company? Do you know? Maybe Which one? Maybe done some competitor research. Is it's it Rapala? Just, yeah, the big, just the one big. They're pretty bait. clever. They're pretty funny. They're oh, like, they're an American classic. Yeah, they're, and they're they go way back. Their ads, those billboards, are just like old school, like old that's, school ads. That that's like, iconic. Well, it's because a that's, copywriter's white dream. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, a copywriter falls out of the boat, reeling in the big <laughs> one, and has a dream. Exactly. I think that's like the ad you study on day one of copywriting school. Basically, yeah. It's like, yo, this. Rapala ad. <laughs> you know, check this Rapala ad, though. <laughs> no, exactly. We ha- we actually had someone who worked on that campaign come freelance with us. I won't name him by name, but I won't mention him by name. But he was an awesome guy. Helped us a lot. Had an uncompete. 
yeah. fucked him over. <laughs> not <laughs> no, no, not like that. Not okay, like that. Okay. But uh, it's super fun to work on. Grant, cool. What are you putting your time into recently? What's what's going on? Mm, I have been in post and in pre. And such is the balance of life. Uh, post-production on some stuff for Death to Stock, we just launched. Um, by the time this comes out, I think... I mean, we'll definitely have launched the second episode of Craft, the Craft series we've been doing. I don't know if you've caught those. I, I, got, I, got I haven't caught the way. first one. So we've done two. We've done one with Tattersall Distilling, and then another with Norseman Distilling, and then we've shot another with St. Dinette. Um, and it's basically pretty short, short little episodes, about a minute and a half, and it's one craftsperson. Uh, we focused with on on mixologist bartender types mm-hmm. the first three, and it's them like walking us through their process, their philosophy around drink making, and their kind of creative process with that. And just like just it's just fun, cool. It's that sounds of, great, man. Yeah, yeah. That sounds supremely interesting. Yeah. So we just launched that, um, and then I've been in pre production on the next three of those, which we're shooting in Denver, and then also are those I'm, also mixology themed? We are, I'm trying right right now. I'm still like, I'm about two weeks out from that, but I, I mean, pre-production, I'm producing them. So I'm kind of like deciding I have a list of places, but we're definitely going to do some more food. I think we have one spot lined up. That's like ramen. So I'm excited. It's kind of like a, it's a little bit of like a chef's table-y like nod. I feel like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that's a good vibe to capture. Yeah. And it's fun to, I mean, I love that stuff. A lot of people think it's pretentious, but I, I, I'm down with the pretension. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't there? The, yeah. There's it, yeah. some, there's definitely some, some kind of sacredness in pretension, right? Yeah. It's people believing in their own. Getting a shit. I yeah, mean, exactly. Like, exactly. It, you know, sometimes too many shits it feels, but. Well, sometimes they can even re, they can even realize that it yeah. can even be self-aware pretense. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like it. I like I'm that. in on it. I'm in too, man. Um, yeah, so that stuff. And then I've been really excited. Another project that I've been in in now, like the waning stages of uh, pre-production on is a lookbook I'm shooting for this like handmade swimwear and ham- handmade lingerie. Oh, from, cool. Yeah, from this woman named Saban. Saban. So it's like spelled Savan. Savan. It's Greek, uh, but it's spelled so strange. Like S-I-O-B-A-H-N. Oh, Savan. Anyway, uh, so she's like a really cool. She makes really, really beautiful stuff, and I'm shooting that in the Wisconsin Dells. So it's sort of like a tongue-in-cheek, like Americana. Oh, cool. Foregone, yeah. Like, like a it's kind of pick the, the table. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. So I'm I'm super pumped, and it's uh, just gonna be fun. Like it's it's one of those. I mean, I try and set the projects up to be fun, just like Denver. Fun product, fun. handmade swimwear. It's a fun product, and that makes fun work. Speaking of fun, man. We don't have a guest today. Oh, thank God. I mean, kind of. I feel like it's like, why do we? And this is where our listeners <laughs> shut the, why shut the you? computers. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, if they're smart, they'll have already seen that. They won't have gotten this far. <laughs> um, yeah, I just feel like it's like, why do we Why do we waste someone else's time just for an excuse for you and I to talk? <laughs> like, Why don't we just you know, go it, straight to the source, baby? With no cynicism, every once in a while, I do sort of feel like that. <laughs> like, not because we have such rewarded conversations with our guests, yeah. so I don't actually yeah. feel like that. But sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just be shooting the shit with Grant yeah. instead of like listening to this interesting person. <laughs> and or like subjecting them to our in-jokes and like... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That is... <laughs> Poor bastards. That's cruel of us. Um, I do feel like... With all these projects, the topic is kind of like so central. Like even when I'm thinking about this swimwear project, 
this shoot. I mean, introing ideas is kind of more your thing. So, like, if you want to do it. No, man. I like this. It's my day off. Okay. Maybe I'll do a draft and then you can kind of <laughs> do the second draft. I, I really did. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So, I'll do a version and then you do one. Today on the podcast, we're talking about something that for me has been a central tenet of my process. Um, do you remember that Royal Dodo project I did, Vince? Yeah, I Maybe still, we can show I notes really did. That. I like that. Maybe we can a lot. show notes that on my new site, by the way, which is slash grant.com. Grant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll probably be like slash grant.com slash dodo. I'll, I'll put it on there. But that project was kind of a study into my design process when it comes to branding, logo making, which I do way less of now. But I think that philosophy carries over into a lot of the other work I do. And I would say for me, especially coming from a somewhat self-taught and like not really knowing the rules seemingly of a lot of different disciplines, mediums, whatever, uh, I'm just very iterative. Um, It's all about getting out a draft and starting from there. And so today we're talking about iteration, which I'm so excited about. And now, do you want to do a version? Yeah, that first Let's of all, on I that. mean, first things first. You know, my gut, my gut response. It's what you want first, right? Liked it. It was great. Okay, okay. Yeah, well done. Giving some notes. I mean, feedback strong. is not strong. I would say, I would say, uh, you know, I'll do mine, and then we can compare and contrast. Yeah. So, Grant, we often talk about work and how work evolves over time, and how. The most important thing is to get something to react to early in the process so that a better end product can come earlier. So when we're talking about that and when we're talking about things like improving yourself, self-awareness, self-realization, we have to also blend into that conversation reflection. And in reflection, is finding room for improvement, maybe not even room for improvement. Sometimes it's a lateral move, but it's a change. In all those things, it's iteration. It's a building of your craft over the course of time. And in iteration, there's a certain level of reflection kind of inherent in that word, right? Gosh, I... I mean, so my, I, I wouldn't say mine's perfect at all. No, no, no. Of course, of course, of course. Nothing's perfect. But creative envy. Me and Young Sherry with Death to Stock have been talking a lot. We just like send each other stuff that we love. Like it just, and we're just like, God, creative envy. People who are just like doing amazing stuff. And you. Isn't but, envy but, the highest form of respect though? Oh, yeah, it totally is. And it's, it's good to feel that way. But I really respect your ability to storytell, to place it into a compelling narrative. <clears throat> let's, hey, not, thanks, let's not fixate there though. Um, <laughs> I was writing my info page for the new site recently, mm-hmm. and I think I don't. It's still it's still a draft. It's all a draft. But uh, one part of it, I was like, I'd like to think of my life as an iterative art project. Because that's really the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of my moves, if we want to call them that, um, through disciplines or through projects or just like making creative decisions about the stuff I want to make and who I'm working with, what I'm doing, all that stuff has been to keep my, keep myself open to iteration. Cause it, not that you can't iterate within one track, obviously, but I just think there's like a lot of, for me, a lot of opportunity to iterate myself and evolve myself quicker. 
Yeah, I mean, we dove right past, like, the kind of top-level conversations about iteration into, like, the deepest part of the pool already, right? When we iterate, it makes us vulnerable, right? Because when we change our work, we change ourselves, right? Dive on in, baby. (laughs) I can't help it, man. No, don't help it. It's interesting. Iteration is both, like, a, a massive necessity and a total crutch because... Once something becomes final, it becomes real. And once we can no longer hide behind the word, it's a draft. Yeah. It we we lose a lot of our armor. Yeah. And then it becomes open for critique. And so this is where this culture of qualification and you know what's what's the word I'm looking for where you kind of denote something yeah, yeah. disclaimer disclaimerism disclaimerism yeah which is rampant in in my industry and in the creative arts yeah. as a whole and it's kind of necessary so, right and well, it's kind of true it's yeah. often true it often it does have a kernel of truth to it but it's also super vital like without iteration without drafting without revision like we miss out on a lot of growth that the work can undergo mm-hmm Man, I have some opinions here on the start and the end. I when I think of the end of the process, we often say ship it. <laughs> Absolutely, at some point it's got to go final. Right. So to me, if you if that's not the goal, then we're not then we're just probably not working toward the same thing. Exactly. And yeah. I think a lot of people act like tell themselves they are working toward that, but actually aren't, and they're like. Whether they, they might be hiding that from themselves, but they don't want to ship it because that is shipping it. Shipping it requires requires like a hard look in the mirror and requires you to say, "This is me. This is the thing I am expressing." And the, and of course, you know, we try to distance ourselves in some ways, or I think it's healthy too, in a very Stephen Pressfieldian way. Uh, you know, we are not the work; we're separate from it. Like we are the energy we put into it and the results are not, they don't count for us. But at the same time, kind of easier said than done. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's a healthy long-term strategy. I think if you can try to cultivate that because it also keeps you a little bit more level when things do hit and, uh, you don't identify so much with them that is, as if as in to inflate your ego because oh this was me like this is me and everyone loves this this is great no no this is like an express this was like the result of you know some energy you put in but i think a lot of people get caught up in not actually ever getting to the ship at stage which is just dangerous and on the on the front end what i think a lot of people do that hobbles themselves and the people they're working with is talk about doing the work for so long before just, you know, I mean, a concrete example, yesterday I had a conversation with David. We were talking about our process for onboarding a new artist we're working with, with that to talk, whether that's a photographer or designer or whatever, and how it's probably important for us to have some sort of kind of quick start guide for them. Um, this was coming from a situation where a model, this is, this was a really interesting scenario, a model who had been in one of the packs that we shot. So we, we produce these photo packs. We distribute them to our members. People can use them however they want. Mm-hmm. And a model was posting to a, well, it's, I, he probably wouldn't call himself a model, but he was a subject in one of these photos, uh, was posting to a brand's Facebook page. Like, why are you using this photo? You're not allowed to use it. Like, this is me. 
Okay. I and see. And that brand is a customer of Death to Stock. I see. Yes. And so they were indeed entitled to use that. They absolutely were. Right. Um, And that there was a really interesting middle ground or kind of just fuzzy area of like, okay, well, I mean, because we get model releases. And, and so he, and he signed it. He signed it. And we are not on the ground with everyone producing these things. And, and not only that, we are not giving guidance to our artists in how they should be communicating with a model. So I see. Okay, and we, well, we also don't well. have any rules around like what they compensate them. Oh, okay. I mean, my, from the people I've been working with, it's always like, yeah, we need to compensate people with something. And, and we need to communicate like what the results of the thing are. So anyway, there's just this really interesting situation, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, yeah, we should do a doc. Blah, blah, blah. Like we can schedule a time to talk about it more. And I was like, I, I, we've talked about it now. Let me just go draft it and we'll, we'll have a starting point. And we've talked about this on the show before gravity. Like we're all just floating around in fucking space. We need to anchor. Ourselves. We need something. We need something to, we need a reference point. Otherwise we're all just like talking about coordinates that don't make any sense. Cause they're not in reference to anything absolutely couldn't agree more man um it's it's tough because the final thing is is hard because it's the opportunity for the outside world to critique your work mm -hmm. and also the first thing is hard because it's the it's your inner sanctums the fir first opportunity and even your own first opportunity to critique the work so when you talk about something more pragmatic, like starting a document to get these artists up to speed, yeah, it's less like the conversation where you're putting your soul into this first yeah, draft yeah. and having to react to that. Yeah, but it is the same work. like sort of mental commitment. Yeah, the the need to create something imperfect, which a lot of us don't like to do. Yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate someone. It's so clear to me when someone is an iterator. <laughs> You know, somebody who does not like doesn't overthink stuff and is just willing to like do something in order to like advance the conversation. Because that's that's really one of the greatest values of iteration is that it advances us. You know, I think about productivity a lot and that's to me the benefit of iteration. It advances your own thinking and it advances a project. So, man, I can I'm <laughs> I can't help but see. And I was working on this uh a project like this last night, just an, an illustrator artboard of like 30 versions of the thing that I'm making. Um, because w w like when you look at each thing individually, like a display ad, I'm working on a display ad right now, which honestly don't like doing, but is like pretty good compensation for the amount of work. And then I'm it's good investing that in EV. My it's yeah, a good return yeah. on your investment. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's, I can then, it's easier for me to rationalize that because I'm like spending so much on my own projects. Like even that lookbook I mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, it's just like a lot of resources that I'm not really being compensated beyond sure. some of my costs being covered. So anyway, uh, I look at that and I, it's like twofold. One is like, I can iterate my thought process a bunch and I can see different variations. And then in the context of all of them want like there are versions that will look I realize are actually better than if I just looked at them all individually. But when I look at them in context and I'm like, Oh yes, I realize like this is actually a better idea. So like, that's super helpful. The other helpful thing is, especially when we're talking about 
time and energy and like the value of that. One really, really helpful thing, especially as a freelancer is trying to get the person you're working with, you're, you're trying to create value. You're trying to create a thing that is good for them, helpful for them. A lot of the fluff in that process, working with a client, especially on a freelance, let's say design basis is them not knowing what they want and like trying to help, trying to like help the process, but not actually. So what I find is incredibly helpful is in the last round of stuff I sent to this guy, I sent, you know, versions a through almost to Z probably to like W or X. And then he can, I mean, one, he can see how many times I've like thought through this, but that's the less of my concern. He can see variations and then I can actually educate him on the process and on where we're at by just showing him the full context. That's so huge though. I mean, you, you made it sound like you wanted to not make it about, you know, proving the amount of hours that you put into it, but that is certainly something. That's certainly something because it's not wrong for human beings to crave context. We do. And I've seen it happen a million times with clients. If you go in and you present a headline and you're like, this is your headline, they are not going to like the headline or they're less likely to like it. Yeah, yeah. But when you go and you show them, we spent time. We mm-hmm. put in the hours. Here's our, we're showing our work basically. Yeah. Proving that you went through the steps and then they can take them with you. And a lot of creatives feel like they just shouldn't need to do that. It's yeah. like this weird Draper-esque yeah. type conceit where the client's paying you to do the work so they should trust you. But that's not human nature to do that. That doesn't make any sense. And nor should they do it for the amount of money that they're spending. They want to see the work and they don't even know that they want to see it, but they do want to see it. We all want to see it because we want to understand. We all want to understand how we came to where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's helpful. I think where I've corrected uh, some of where that was not helpful was not having a strong opinion and just uh, presenting that as a like kind of a grab bag. And I think where I've corrected a little bit is just refining some of that. And there are some things don't need to send that version. You know, maybe I'll send versions A, C, E, F, G, you know, like I won't send every single little move, but, um, but still, yeah, showing them that, especially on a small scale, it also kind of creates some boundaries depending on where you're at, where it's like, they real they like are kind of forced to recognize the effort you're putting in and i think respect it more um and, ah, man well so there's that there's like the client facing side of that of iteration but there's also i feel like the biggest value of this process to me is just personal in formulating how you really feel about a thing and really like seeing it through a diff- a few different ways i i think one of the the greatest benefits of going through this process a lot over the past let's say like six years or something has been i'm quicker in noticing what's not a good direction and just can like you know i can i can spot when it's not working and i can kind of pivot faster um but i feel like i run across so many creatives who don't (laughs) like they fucking pivot before they go anywhere with it. I mean, this is the same stuff we talk about with like going far enough into a discipline to add it to your tool belt, go far enough into a version of, of a draft of a thing to like, really like either, either know that's not the right way and, or learn something from it that you can apply to the other version or just like close that door. 
you know, close that door in your head. You're, oh, yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> right. Don't make your first step sideways. Don't start the project, then immediately say, how's something, how's, what's a weird, different way we can think Fuck. about the project? Vince, you know what this is? This is the version, we talk about treading water. This is someone, like, doing a, a weirder version of treading water where they're sort of, like, splashing on one side and just spinning in they're circles. They're going in a circle. Yeah, they're not just staying above water. They're just sort of like spinning in circles because they don't swim any direction enough to like know that it's either fertile or not fertile. Have you ever found this phenomenon to be true of you? You are... You start a project and, bef- and kind of almost to a point where you're unaware of it, the project is almost finished. Have you ever experienced this? Basically... The phenomenon that I'm talking about. The phenomenon. The phenomena. <laughs> yeah, the Muppets thing. The phenomenon, which I'm referencing, is you start exploring directions. Yeah. And you do that for a couple hours, and then once you take a step back and the you take the hundred foot view, you realize that it's just obvious. A lot of things. Yeah, that through iteration, through a stream of consciousness, you've kind of already completed most of the necessary steps. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Le- I I would liken this to even reading a book, and it's. <laughs> how about instead of instead of reading, two fucking words at a time, and coming back to it every like every thirty seconds, you go deep enough to make some progress, put a bookmark in it, and come back. And and not only that, this version of reading a book, you like process things when you step away what people are robbing themselves of by not legitimately iterating legitimation ooh that's pretty good i kind of tm'd TM'd. by by not legitimating uh they're 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 robbing themselves of subconscious brain space which is incredibly effect i mean incredibly effective you you're 100 right so I mean, this is kind Woo, of... 100%, baby. You nailed it. Uh, but this is kind of getting to the conversation that we always eventually have. It's clearly a balancing act, right? You can't step away after every tiny yeah. incremental move. But if you just plow through without ever taking time to reflect, then that's not useful either. Mm. That's not really iteration then. Uh. That's just stream of consciousness. So, but it's hard though, because people who aren't that familiar with their own creative process won't understand what the appropriate maybe they will maybe there's a gut kind of way you can react to that process that'll tell you Mm. but as someone who doesn't necessarily that intimately understand my own creative process and i think that's pretty normal i think we all get more familiar with it the longer our careers go the longer our intimate relationships with our crafts go but all that said is there any way to look for these benchmarks? When do you show hmm. a step in the process? When is a step not really a step? When is it a half step? What does constitute good enough for a first draft? Because there's definitely too early to show something. There's there's definitely a version of this where you can show an idea too early, which gets it killed before it's polished enough to be reacted to. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. I, d- I don't know the answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't either, but I definitely have an opinion on it. Please. There, there are two things related to this for me. One is, well, okay, let's actually start here because a lot of this iterative process kind of stuff 
ends up being the bedrock of my relationship with, I guess now I've had like three or four interns, I feel like something like that. And I've also had like freelance designer folk collaborators and though those relationships are typically, it's not like I'm employing someone full time, but it's somebody who is like shown promise and like wants to get in the mix and is like looking to push themselves most times. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I, yeah, yeah. Cause that, that's kind of the nature. I feel like of my relationships with those people is like, we're going to push it. Like we're going to kind of go for it. And being iterative is incredibly important to that relationship. <laughs> and so there's, there's, okay. That's step one. Step two is constraints. And constraints are so, so important within this relationship, within collaboration, within freelance, especially client work. I feel like, man, the whole freelance lifestyle really sharpens your nose, sharpens your nose. It really does just force you to reconcile with a lot of stuff, (laughs) especially your process, especially the way you're charging, the way you're valuing time but it's just like it just kind of like push pushes your face towards the flames and constraints are really important when we're thinking about iterating the reason iterating to me is effective is because of constraints um if there were no constraints iteration would be less of a tool or i mean it would still be iterative but it would be less like hyper iterative i feel like i'm in a hyper iterative kind of mode so Step one within this is what's the constraint? What are we trying to do? <laughs> what is the goal? What is the ship it? Right. At, wh- at what point do we say ship it? Because that is like, and it's hard to define it without something to compare it to. Yeah. So like yeah. when you do it, that's the the beauty of a draft, right? You're like, how close is this? And if they say it's really far, that's the worst case scenario, and it's still a good scenario. Exactly. That's very true. I will say though, before we even get into the process, it's really important to define the goal. Because I think a lot of people just fucking jump in and end up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. But there's also, you also get. I'm getting the rare, like, I'm getting the rare. There's got to be, is this like, this is like a Voldemort, (laughs) like a Snape kind of like. Yeah, it's like a Vulcan. uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, okay. Um, I'm doing like a hands. Hey, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But also, yes, people do jump in, but they're also thrown in by clients, namely by clients. Because clients don't always know what they want. And so that's, but that makes iteration even more important because you need to give them something to react to. Okay. This is a nice actually point to, to point out that if you're going to engage in iteration, do so responsibly. Really though, if you're not willing to stand up and say, hold on, hold on, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what's our goal here? And and the reality is, especially in agencies, most times people are so scared of either internally or externally that we avoid communication about <laughs> the most critical uh, yes. of constraints and very true we just end up we end up in i want to it's not even how was it called the opposite of hyper iteration it's like hyper vacillation <laughs> where we're just like spinning around it's like the start of one of these podcasts basically okay. it is it but, is but okay you need to be willing to stand up and say like, oh, wait, hold on. What's the goal? Whatever. We're, let's all agree on the goal because 
a goal or like a final output is the same as gravity in the way that I draft is gravity because it gives us reference for whatever we're judging the rest of this on, especially because feedback is so, so vitally important to this. Yeah, that's where I was going to touch on. You as a creative, especially if you're in a commercial atmosphere, yeah. like as an advertiser, yeah, yeah, you can't be precious about, I mean, everyone should defend their work. Sure. Everyone should believe in their work. There's a reason you did it in the first place. But getting defensive about your work, that's never constructive. But what you should do that is constructive is demand actionable feedback. Yeah. When they say, no, that's not right, don't get defensive, but do want to know why it's not right. Because otherwise, you're wasting your own time and you're wasting U.S. currency. Yeah. I mean, that's so helpful i mean you if you think of it as trying to solve a problem or trying to accomplish a goal like not getting that information and not pushing for it gosh i've been on a lot of calls where people just i get off the call where if someone else is leading and i'm like okay what are the action steps what was the feedback if you have to clarify after the call you've already done it wrong yeah it's just like crazy so i i part of that too is having some gumption and some with a client or with anyone to just be like, can you clarify like, and just forcing somebody to stand by. I, I actually find, and I've been finding this more because I've been doing more freelance design work, honestly, mostly just to fund some of the projects that I want to be doing. Uh, recently I've been doing more of that. And I find that a lot of these people want to hop on the phone and I have no problem hopping on the phone, but most times that is just a way of avoiding articulating how you actually feel. <laughs> And it's unfucking believable to me, man. Like <laughs> that I, seems counterintuitive, but it's so true. Yeah, I just call shenanigans on some of that. Like I can be chill and I can hang with some of these collaborations that are like, yeah, let's not get to. But most times it's like, no, if you can't articulate it in an email, like you probably just don't want to. Like you're just, sca- I mean, well, we're all scared, and that's some other stuff. Okay, but let me jump back for a second. They're scared of having their thoughts put down in writing and read back to them. That's the yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, it's the nightmare for them. Because it becomes legally binding, basically. Yeah, seriously. Really. That, those are the worst type of clients, though. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Well, sometimes it's it's a little bit more... It's not always so evil oh, and so malicious. Nascent? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great word. Nice, okay. That's a great word. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's, it isn't malicious. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just... It's, yeah, it's they're in, doing it gutturally, yeah, 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 instinctually, but, yeah, yeah. but it's it, still not it, it's constructive. Still destructive, yeah, it yeah. is destructive. <laughs> okay, but when, you know, I was talking about constraints, I was talking about starting out, figuring out what the goal is. Within this, it a really, really, really helpful thing in iteration is having a sounding board, having something to either hold you accountable to bounce stuff off of that can act as sort of a stage one iteration chamber, echo chamber. I don't know. Okay. But it, that's actually what I find in having like freelance, but I say intern, but that's really the wrong word. I feel like it's like, I have like a freelance kind of not on call, but just kind of a freelance general, like design partners. And it's so helpful for both of us to have somebody to give feedback internally before we go to the next step because that is one of the biggest issues sometimes with this is and i and i found myself doing this a lot more back in the day is iterating into oblivion and i'm like wow yes. i i saw all of these little pathways to their logical endpoint which was illogical it's insane <laughs> like yeah and that's that's the value of having this conversation in mm-hmm. the first place right 
like all things, it's not iteration good, not iteration bad. Yeah, yeah. It's about striking a balance because over-exploration, treading every path, it's not time efficient. And what it is, is devaluing the proper paths to tread. It's sort of like... I, I feel like it was probably more relevant in in uh, in a more colonizing time, but like it's like our main goal is searching for gold or for spices or for something, and like we're just running around this island because it's like wait we need to look everywhere. It's like no 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 this territory does not have those resources. Let's move on. Exactly. And, and this is where I find value, or I can provide value, especially working with that the stock working with these artists around the world or working with close collaborators is. I feel like one of my greatest value adds is having the vision for the project, having, I mean, and having my, my ass on the line for it, which is the most important thing in a lot of this stuff is like, if your ass is on the line, you'll see it through. If you, <laughs> it, like, if you want to consequences your, are a great motivator. If you want to put the, if you want to put your name on this and you really give a shit about this, like your motivation, I feel like that's a good director. It's like, that's why you're a director. Cause you want to see the end product, have your name, not have your name on it, but like you're willing to stand by it. But, um, so that that's where I, I feel like I'm able to take someone's energy, wh- which may or may not have great direction, and then try and funnel that. And so my question to you is, what do you think the hallmarks of, or or maybe if there's like memorable times where you feel like you've gotten really good creative direction? Because I, I feel like that is, that's a really interesting role in the agency world. And yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a, a very precarious question because (laughs) there's so many dynamics in the in the world of creative advertising when you're working for yourself or with a small intimate team i feel like a lot of these particular inefficiencies for better but but usually no almost always for better but occasionally for worse are eliminated because we have to appease our creative leadership then the account team then the client and then the client's client, their bosses or et cetera, whatever, sometimes to an endless degree. Yeah. So what it ends up being is first you have to make sure that your creative leader likes it, which might entail doing something that you know your account team is not going to like. God. So this is, it becomes very murky and it's not like me speaking the evils of the advertising agency. These are just, this is a natural thing to happen when different people with different aims are working toward the same general yeah, goal. Yeah. This is not like some nefarious plot by advertising to be yeah, yeah. lame or bad. This is just kind of what happens. But talking about good creative direction, it always happens as a result of mutual understanding. Mm. It either comes from, I've had good bosses i do have good bosses now who want good work to come about and i think the most important part of good creative feedback is attempting to improve the idea which seems super fucking basic but it's not that basic Mm. because it can often be as simple as this is wrong try again but the best creative feedback is an attempt to get onto your level and and do the work itself, like providing examples of the headlines that they're thinking or demonstrating knowledge of the ask at hand, which is sometimes not done even by people working on the project. Mm. 
So I'm kind of being circuitous in the way that I'm talking about it. But what I mean to say is when you're getting feedback, what you should look for is the places where you guys align. Connective points. Because if you focus on the differences, you can often get into a kind of a loop of of patching a problem and then then they come back with another problem and you patch that problem and then you come back with they come back with another problem and eventually you have a entire pair of jeans built only of patches mm. and there's no pants left. Mm. So <laughs> I was just picturing those patch jeans. It's a I mean they might be kind of cool to look at but they're not a good they're, they're not structurally sound. Mm-hmm. They fall apart in the wash. And so to make sure that you're not just eventually fulfilling a bunch of check marks. Yeah. Uh, going down the list of like client Demands. buzzwords and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure it all feels cohesive at the end of the day. Good creative feedback will keep that intact. Bad creative feedback won't. Yeah. Oof. That's such an interesting process. I, I do feel like that's. It's complicated. It is complicated. It having that goal from the get-go though is like really helpful in because otherwise you can get really lost in the weeds of like getting so and i find this really often especially when i'm working on a freelance basis with clients that are maybe like within a smaller team or whatever is like we start getting specific about things on a specific iteration and i'm like i don't no no no, like like no i need you to react more to broadly yeah and and or if we are going to go down this path then let's go down that path and get specific but like just giving me feedback on what you didn't like about a version that we're clearly just going to throw away anyway is actually like distracting to both of us i i I think i was thinking of this in terms of um one of the best one of the such a learning moment for me or such a learning like activity was like learning how to edit um and getting feedback from people on rough cuts i was sending and i realized uh i used to realize or i used to see like versions of this with design but with video editing i do not need someone to tell me how to solve it like i like it's never right it's almost never right i need them to identify where something feels wrong I literally just need them to tell me, to, but with design, it gets trickier. With with video, though, I can I can just have someone tell me, oh, this does not feel right, and then I can find a way to solve it. So maybe I'm maybe we're just we just work differently, but when people give me the way that they want to solve it, that's almost never the way to solve it. Yeah, but it is useful sure. in that it is Identifying. evidence of their thinking. It shows me what's actually on their mind because when they're Oftentimes when they give criticism, it'll be talking around certain things that are bothering them. Sure. But when they give an example, now I can understand what's actually important to them. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I feel like the where I'm at now, though, is just cutting through any sort of pretense around that. And if, like, if it's a design project, just getting more specific into what the, what the root of that like solve is. You know, I don't, why did they come to this conclusion? Yeah, why did yeah, they? Yeah. Why did they come up and with norm- this? Solve? Normally, yeah, just show me the root, and then like we can grow from there. But they're bad at showing the root, right? Yeah, they That's are. It's hard they, to do. They, yeah, which they is are. why the flower being there, like yeah. in this metaphor, being their like bad way to solve it is useful because you can, as someone who understands the medium, you can trace it back to what they're yeah. actually asking for. For sure, I think absolutely. I just I feel like most times 
now I'm really I'm more selective about the people I'm working with, and I feel like I've kind of weeded out most. But still, it's not like no, not, I get it though. I just I just feel like like. I just have less energy to play games. Not that that's a game necessarily. It's not a, yeah, no, but I understand 100% what you're saying. Yeah. You are usually working with more like-minded individuals. Yeah. But the the reality of yes. most of the yeah, people yeah, listening yeah. is that For we sure. don't get to choose who we work with. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. get to choose who I work yeah. with. And so, so... That is a helpful tactic. A truly uh, helpful tactic. Being able to understand why they came to the suggestion that they came to, which you're going to... Your first reaction is going to be, well, that sucks. That's horrible. Yeah. They obviously don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. But you can you can find a kernel of why they they made the suggestion they did. Mm. Yeah, totally. Oh man, Ugh. I yeah a lot a lot of this a lot of this uh, a lot of this iterative process requires a kind of deep vulnerability, and I I think um, that's the scariest part of the whole thing, right? It, it really it really is. I I it's like I feel like that is the true true bedrock of iteration is just vulnerability because it's it's not only saying like look at my final product look at how i got there it's like yeah exactly yeah, yeah. not only <laughs> critique what i made critique how i made it and the crazy thing is where that goes on another level is like especially with some of my freelance stuff where it's like i can be kind of a vessel for this person or this client to get to something highly valuable in a way that they might not be able to otherwise but it is not valuable for me if they if they are like driving the ship too long, but I'm willing to give them the controls by opening up how the ship operates, really. And so I feel like I've tried to, I, I have some people that I work with in that way where it's like, even I would sit with them and work, most often not, but like I would sit with them and work because like I'm really proficient in particular types of design and other, and, and just generally iterating. And so like, in that way, I could have someone kind of like work through me. It's such a, it's a bizarre process. <laughs> You're channeling though. them. Kind of though. It's like, hey, and maybe, maybe this is maybe too esoteric, but I think one of the most vulnerable parts of iteration is you remove all the magic from your own process. Yeah. You start to understand how you come to decisions and that can be, you know, that's a, you mentioned it before. You're looking in the mirror. You have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and insecurity is natural and it's inherent in all of us as creators. I don't think there would be creation without some level of insecurity. Yeah. But it's it's a really huge part about iteration because you can like come up with an idea and you can glorify the idea in your mind mm -hmm. and you can put the idea to paper or you can design it or you can film it until you start to break it apart and understand the components that make it up you can't really start to iterate and that takes the mystique away from it that takes the, the like pale of imagination mm -hmm. in a way away from it and forces you to examine the processes and the motivations and the parts of you that are present in the work mm. which can be uncomfortable incredibly uncomfortable this is certainly feeling the self-awareness i mean wh what is iteration but a great tool for cultivating self-awareness and i think maybe when we start talking about self-definition a current theme is is when we're maybe talking more about <laughs> i mean the olympics are currently going on and this is going to date the show but w what does how, how does an olympian improve by analyzing the fuck 
out of their times, out of their out of their process, out of their form. <laughs> every single twitch of every muscle. Yeah, and and I don't want to liken creativity to that too much, but I think there's this trepidation to do that, and which is born of insecurity mostly because like, oh no, we'll be found out. I think like not everyone needs to operate that way, not everyone should operate that way. But if you do want to like really take that to a level, you can. Like it's not completely mysterious. It's it can't be. It honestly can't be. Uh, yeah. There's there's obviously a level of mystique that is is useful and yeah. fun and enjoyable yeah. in the final product. Yeah. But so that's useful to your consumer, your end user, your audience. That's not useful to you, the creator. Yeah. And even though you kind of want that to be present, if you want the work to be as good as it can be, it honestly mm. can't be present. And I'm just thinking of all of the creators that I truly, truly respect and like am a fanboy for and a certified fanboy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the club, uh, in the club. I, a common theme with those people is an intense work ethic and an intense passion for the final product. And I, I think the reality of iteration is it's just, really, just generally pretty hard work because it is just, it is very engaged. It is not, you don't iterate by sitting back. You iterate by doing. And uh, it can yeah. be sort of manic, but I think if you're willing to go there, it's, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of rewards to be reaped. Yeah. And that's what it's about at the end of the day, reaping those rewards, baby. Well, it is, right? It Kinda, is. Yeah. yeah. yeah totally, I mean, yeah. but the rewards can mean a lot of, a lot of different things. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Grant? <sighs> what, man? You don't actually sound as excited as I am, but I won't. I won't stick your feet to the fire on that. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kind of coming down from a, a, a very uh, intense and passionate conversation. Yeah, and and after an intense period of iteration, honestly, you need to take a step away, and then iteration is not. If you get too constant, you're just burn out. Oh, like any sort of production, iteration is a is a very intense form of production. Often, it's production and reflection all wrapped into one. I feel like with podcasting, we should just take a break every like 12 minutes. Come on back to it. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll try that on the next app. We'll try 12 minute incremental micro breaks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all, right. all right. You know what? I'm in on it. Okay. Uh, but you know, we usually do take a break though each week. To talk oh, yeah, about we something, do. oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, something uh, not particularly Germain. German. Something more French or Dutch. No, I would say American. <laughs> oh, oh, we're getting swept up in the nationalism. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, we talk about the off-topic topic. Grant, I love the off-topic topics where it's just you and me because it gets particularly spicy, <laughs> yeah, I would spicy. say. Yeah. Uh, this time we're talking about kind of a, a nebulous idea. It's more of like a concept than a thing. It's this idea of... You haven't seen that? <laughs> Sorry, you you sort of I mean that you were like you you decreased your volume when they, you said that. It was so it was so I did it like a I tried to do it like in. a sign a sound but I tried to feel like my voice was part of a soundboard that we clicked. Yeah. But it, I don't know if it worked. I feel like we needed to like overpower it though. Ooh. You didn't see that? Uh hey, you haven't seen that? You didn't see that? So you, you haven't seen that? 
<laughs> that? <laughs> have you ever, listener, had a conversation with someone and they're like, yo, have you seen this new show on Netflix? And you're like, oh, no, I haven't seen that. And they go, you haven't seen it? And you're like, wait, you just asked me if I've seen it and then you punished me for not having seen it. What were your true motivations in this question? Was it just to hold it over me that you've seen it and I haven't? Assholery. Oh, it's, it's utter assholery and I'm guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. We all are, I well, think. Well, gosh. I like to think that it's just passion and you want to beget it and you want to talk about a thing that you, you care about. But yeah, it's mostly just assholery. <laughs> I just did it to you. It's yeah, why we came up did, with this yeah, off topic topic. But I did, I did, a, I will say a pretty mild version of it. I don't know, man. We're, <laughs> I, I'm the victim here. I think I get to decide whether it was mild, whether it was how, traumatic. How, how bad do you think it was? How bad was it? I will say it was heightened by the fact that I've, well. Oh, so I was the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, no, yeah. You yeah, were yeah. just like, you were like a drop of gasoline on flames, really. You were, <laughs> it's like you like lit the fire, but you were just like, it's like it was already burning. And, it's and like, then I still splashed a little yeah, and then oil just, on it. Go away. We're talking, of course, about Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. So if Ugh. you, listener, haven't watched this yet i'm sure you've been chastised at some point by some hopefully hopefully someone put you in your place <laughs> for not having by some it. dick because that's pretty offensive and and you know what when something this big and this good this grandiose this, this important, important hits the hits those waves <laughs> that are floating through the air and sending those signals to your box that puts the uh, pictures and the pixels on it it's like uh, hey, there's art there. You might want to watch it, you idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually... I resent that sentiment so much. Here's Here are the things that I get hit with for that all the time. I'll just give you a quick Please. rundown because I hate it so much. List me. Game of Thrones. I don't watch that. Yeah, okay. And I won't watch it. I get ridiculed for it. And I get, you don't watch that? You haven't seen that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't seen Game of Thrones? Yeah, I don't watch it. Yeah, uh, Back to the Future franchise. Oh, haven't seen those movies. I will say that is less of a commitment, and and it's such a cultural touchstone that I on. do want to see it. No, no, no. You're right. It, I it, agree. So, so I'm at least I'm sympathizing more. Sympathizing? Yeah. yeah, I get I get when people say that. So it's often coming from a place of understanding, like, oh, this is really cool and important. Yeah, yeah. You might want to see it, but that's not how it comes off. It comes off as nannying and, and lecturism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I I mean, I take recommendations really seriously. <laughs> Not too seriously, but but pretty seriously like well, cuz time is limited. Yeah. Even in our time wasting time, like something I hold very dear to myself. I'm going to waste my time in a productive way by taking in this cool art thing, and if you suggest something to me, and it's not good. You've actually, you have wasted my time. It, it is the height of offense in the modern era. I feel like it is to <laughs> recommend true, something yeah. that someone hates. Yeah. So understanding that, that, that becomes the art and the difficulty of recommendations and recommendation culture is, is just understanding where someone's coming from, but oh God, fuck. Okay. This is related. I've had several people, uh, in regards to stranger things go like, Oh no, no, but you'd really like it. And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, I've had several. We're three plus territory. Go, oh, I actually thought of you when I was watching this. I thought you would really like it. But here's what I will here's what I will add in here. I am just like 
a hype boy. Like I love stuff. And so anything that's good, I feel like uh, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. People start to associate anything that's good with like something that I would really like, <laughs> like, you know, like just by default, like, Oh yeah. Grant would love that. Cause it's like a good, a thing I think I think is good. Like, so he must love it. <laughs> and I do love most stuff. Yeah, one of your best qualities, I would say one of your many good qualities is that is a, is a general lack of cynicism toward things that are popular and, and loved. Because you're you're willing to buy into it. It's something I think is true of myself too. Yeah. More pronounced in you. Sure. But I think you you're not the type of person there's because this type of person exists. Oh, Stranger Things is getting a lot of love. This thing is getting a lot of praise. I'm gonna look for the flaws because me pointing out the flaws in something popular makes me seem smart. Yeah. That's not you at all. Sure. That's not your way. Sure. I, I hope it's not my way either. I don't think but so. it also makes you a target for these things <laughs> yeah. where people are like, oh, this thing is loved. So you must love it. You must. You, love Grant, it. must oh, love it. You're cool. required to love it. Grant. Yeah. I Two nights ago, I was with my friend Claire and she was like, so have you seen Stranger Things? I was like, oh, no, I like because I kind of started watching it one day. But the reality is like because I love stuff, there's also almost a deeper investment I just know I'm going to take it with me. Like, it doesn't leave me. So you can't sort of just breezily watch it. You got to really watch nilly. it. There's you got to no really, watch yeah. it. A, I have to watch it. But B, when I'm done watching it, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm just saying it truly, truly sticks with me. So, like, that's why I have to be sort of, like, selective about that stuff. I mean, in a very real way. It's, like, funny, but it is also very real. Anyway, so she started broaching that subject. I was like, yeah, you got to watch it. I thought of you. I thought you would really like it. It's like, cool. And, like... Three minutes later, I said goodbye. I hugged her. My friend John texted me and was like, yo, have you seen Stranger Things? I feel like you would particularly like... Oh, like, my and God. So, But the, the other reality is like, okay, if enough people are like, yeah, you'd really like this. You probably, But I, the... the f- well, okay. Uh, okay. Here, but that's here. not the phenomenon we're talking about yeah, because yeah. recommendation, yeah, yeah, yeah. when we go abstract, yeah, recommendation is clearly a good thing. It's just humans telling other humans what they think will make them happy, yeah. which is a great thing. But that's not the, that's not the phenomenon that we're picking at. We're picking at the, the scoldingism, the sort of finger waggery present in what people somehow define randomly as canonical works canonical, that you, yeah. you must see. Otherwise, you're, you have, lacked to understand you're, you're missing out on a huge reference that we're all going to be making from eh, i call shenanigans it's all such fragmented culture and most times oh the fucking reality of most people's recommendations and this, ooh, and this idea i know like, you haven't seen that is like ooh, don't get me started do not get me started <laughs> on what you haven't seen do not wind the, me up because the, you haven't seen anything you haven't seen shit like you have watched mostly the stuff that is like bacteria forming on the surface of pop culture. <laughs> and I mean, there are just undeniable great works that like I've really spent a lot of time, but I also don't want to prize those over like, Oh, like you haven't seen that. You're fucking like, you haven't seen citizen Kane. Like it's not like that, but it is also like, but there is some of that to do, it. Yeah. That's do why don't open your, ba- yeah. don't open yourself up to it. Don't scold Don't people. open your email. Don't read your text <laughs> messages. Don't look at your Twitter. Something we do talk about is how rare it is to have a unifying yeah, pop culture do. moment, yeah. which is something I love and crave. And yeah. it's why I love Pokemon Go so much. Yeah. It's because we don't get those anymore. We get those yet. are so fucking rare now. Yeah. These things that... We can't talk about anything because it's all so niche. And which is fine. Yeah. Which is, and it's, oh, yeah. oh, it's probably good. 
because we have more ways to more intimately express ourselves and understand our own yeah. likes and dislikes. But there's a charm and an appeal yeah. to the to a universally accessible or almost uni- cultural unification. Yeah, is cool. And it makes me feel warm and fuzzy when we can all like laugh at the same joke and we can all appreciate the same. So, I mean, that is scene. the true uh, sunny side of this stuff for me yes. is like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. So I, I have actually I, I've tried to like participate more in that stuff because it, I find that I'm able to have deeper relationships with people because I'm able to speak a language that maybe I'm not. Yeah, it's it's it, commonality. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's becoming part of an in-group. It's. It's displaying common understanding. And also, like, there's some sort of proof of concept, not to say that because popular is good, that's not accurate, but there's some truth to it. The fact that a lot of people like something it's hard for me to, like, means there's a likable quality. example where it was like, well, and, and also that adds a context of likability in that even if you're criticizing it, even if you, the fact that you're watching it gives you access to a language that others are speaking. And so it kind of creates this like glow around it. Even if you hate it, that means like you like that you can hate it. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's funny, but it is true. Yeah. I mean, but I kind of really can't think of, well. No, there are things that are popular and bad, right? Yeah, yeah, there are. But I feel like mass, mass, mass things that like, I just feel like are like. Truly universal appeal. Yeah. I was just like thinking of like serial making a murderer. To be fair. Both things I didn't. I well, okay. To be is, fair, I didn't actually like Serial, and I did kind of like Making a Murderer. Well, I was gonna say I started Serial, listened to like several episodes, didn't like it, just wasn't my flavor. Didn't ever watch Making a Murderer, but the thing for me is like I'm obsessive, and I know. Yeah, well, I guess we're all kind of obsessive. It seems like now because we all binge the fuck out of everything. <laughs> but I'm just like, no, I can't. Not in any sort of pious way, but I just like cannot commit to that because I'm doing other stuff. I'll be fucked. (laughs) No, I get it. I get get that. What a tough balance. It's, I mean, but the stakes are so low. That's the best part about this whole conversation is that the stakes are fucking, are minuscule. What's the, what's the fallout? I get told off once every couple months for not having seen Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, I can live with that. What it's, and it's kind of fun for you too, probably. Well, at this point, it's kind of a point of pride for me. You ass. No, 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 not not Back to the Future, Game of Thrones. Like yeah, yeah. the fact that that's so pervasive. Which, by the way, I think is awesome as a fan of fantasy and like the fantasy tropes. The work that Game of Thrones have has done bridging cultural gaps. Yeah, and making it like. They are. It's it's basically what Star Trek was to science fiction. It's made it common tongue. Yeah. And now people talk about like giants and magic and old timey castles. Sea, yeah. And dragons and like a, a mother of three at the office talking about dragons. That's cool to me. I like oh, that. A mother. Like, like a mother of dragons. <laughs> I meant like a just a. Khaleesi works at your office, Vince? I wish. No. Uh, yeah, it is amazing. But I, it's cool. I do love Game of Thrones too, by the way. I, and many people do for many, many good reasons. It's for a sure. great series. For sure. But. It is kind of fucking weird that you haven't seen it. <laughs> but that's Wait, the thing, right? Like, that's the whole joke. That's that's the what? joke. Is I don't that know it's... what you're saying, but you haven't seen that? <laughs> uh, wow. I think this is a good inaugural. You haven't seen that. And I cannot wait to bring it back 
We're bringing it back, baby. Next time, a uh, stupid, not stupid. Next time, some sort of cultural thing. It, uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and a say. phenomenon. Yeah, this could apply to not even a show. Like, I oh, it often a- applies to not a show, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Like a headline, basically, or like a. Or, or like, like a an app. Are you on? Oh, God. That's like the that's like the slightly trendier, more like cool. young version. Ooh, hey, of it. so this is a nice this is a nice moment for us on a hostful episode that I have to imagine. Point five percent of future guests will have ever listened to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sound like a good estimation? Let's we can just sort of make a make a pact here to just to well, let's set a couple of these up and really just launch into somebody and really just berate them about not having seen something. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. All right, here it is. Signed in blood. Nux. Nux are such a hard thing to get any level of audio from. You got to hit it too hard. Too hard. It's like, then it hurts. And if they can hear it, then it's like, wow, they hit that hard? Why did they do that? Yeah. High fives, you can do a dainty high five and, and still make it. Yeah. Eh, it doesn't matter. Slap for your Candle. crack. <laughs> crack. Huh? What? What'd you say? Never mind. Uh, hey, Grant. <laughs> hey, Vince. I love these hostful episodes. Me too. Treats on treats on treats. And I love them particularly because we're so free to just explore the natural course of the conversation. Yeah. Not that we're not with guests, because I think that's one of our our strengths, so to speak, is that we have conversational conversations with guests. <laughs> But Great it's even too. more <laughs> when it when it fits, right? Yeah, yeah. It's even more sort of running uh, sprints. Yeah, it, yeah, we, exactly. We, we sort of we sort of have jumping hops. There are questions that we definitely want to ask. We sort of have cartwheeling cartwheels. Now, see that you've lost me now. No, I was just tearing into your description of conversational conversations. But it's not. It's right. It's, no, it's, true. it's yeah, accurate. I right, right, right. being an asshole, yeah. I which know, I'm man. able to do only because... on a hostful, only on a hostful episode. The exactly. cool thing about me is I'm so nice and <laughs> sweet and awesome and supportive when, especially when we have guests. I feel like it's actually on hostfuls too, which is pretty cool. Well, I mean, some might say that's what being friends is about. Self love, but... man. You are me and I'm you and we are we. Okay, wait. Namaste. So you were making you were making a point. Uh, kind of a roundabout transition back to the topic where yeah. I was going to say it's nice because our iteration kind of happens on the fly. Yeah. We're just going with the flow and they're early on in the process we were reflecting on the show and how it went refining it. Mm-hmm. I think we've landed yeah. in a good space. Yeah. And now it's to the point where we almost don't have, we don't have to really. We're kind of just, it's ingrained in us. Doing it. And that's what another strength of iteration is that the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. And so you have to stop doing these, or you don't have to stop, but you can stop doing these like stop, reflect, refined, yeah. and you can blend it into a process. And this, yeah, the cycle starts becoming longer and different. Not always longer, but sort of, I mean, most times longer, it starts sort of, it, even if you think about this in your own life, your your maybe iterations start cycling out further because you're more exploratory or more aware or experimental. With that, regardless, I, where this lands though, and even with the show, is who knows? You know, in six months, in four, the iteration never stops, and 
it just, uh, I think as you get further on any path of iteration is it just becomes more intentional. Um, but getting too attached, I, I think this is something we didn't touch on, but it's something I would maybe want to leave us with a little bit is that getting too attached to the, all of the versions that don't work is actually not productive or constructive. Um, just because you built all of these bricks doesn't mean you should use them. And what you should be focused on is what's the best move from here? Because wherever you are right now is where you're operating from and kind of as important as everything that has come before it uh, is, it it's kind of unimportant. It, it's relevant, but, but th it's also the freeing beauty of this. You know, if you think about your life too, it's like, wherever you're at right now, all the stuff that happened before is contextual. It's important. It's interesting, but it doesn't define your step forward. So the beauty of iteration is from the point you're at, it gives you the freedom to go anywhere. It doesn't mean you don't think about where you've come from, but it really does give you the freedom to, to just improve. That's so insightful. I agree. Quickly before I react, let's give a quick shout to how our listeners can support us. Yes. So that is the first question we normally ask our guests, which is how can they support us? I would say, hmm, subscribing. Yep. <laughs> definitely. Subscribe it's to the show. It's crazy to me how many people and maybe people that are listening to me say this right now don't know that you can subscribe on the uh, iPhone app or on other podcast apps. Podcast like app, yeah. But if yeah. you have an iPhone, you have a you have a podcast app, and you can search ten thousand hours. You have literally four or five. And you ways. can subscribe. <laughs> you can subscribe right there. It's so much easier than listening online. A lot of people like think listen on the web, which is silly. But um, listening on your phone is definitely the way to go. And you can really. It's tear, the only way I do it, even. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, do that, and then find us on Twitter, iTunes. probably. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, iTunes rate us. Yeah, if, Twitter, if you give follow shit, us. If you give a shit, yeah, go ahead and rate us. And perhaps maybe the best thing you could do would be. If this resonated with you or if there's a different episode or if this show does in general, just like sharing it with someone who might get some value out of it because these conversations that we have feel like they just feel like so commonplace because we're having them all the time. But I, I get surprised in talking to people and people either reaching out or just like just generally just chatting is like, oh, yeah, like this is like a special thing. And not a lot of people get this sort of conversation in their life. And so I feel like it can be a productive thing even for you to engage a conversation with someone else. Absolutely. No so, doubt. So cool. And five stars and, and, yeah, and yeah. likes on Facebook uh, and follows on Twitter. You give uh, me five stars, I give you five stars. Oh, yeah, That's my five Uber star, driver. Five star, five star, five star. Yeah, exactly. Five for five, five for five. Five for five. Yeah. That's Shouts every out. Uber driver ever. Shouts out to them. Yeah. Uh, but you were saying, of course, about iteration and the importance of progress i mean really that's what that's what it's all about i think i think if we're if we're going to embody i mean to me iteration is <laughs> it's a philosophy it really is like it, it's a creative process that might unveil other creative processes for you i think it's especially as we're all searching for voice and i've talked about it on the show i remember a conversation you and i had about the first music video i directed where i was like wow this is like an open prairie. Like, what do I want to fucking say? Like, what, what do I, 
what do I have to say? And that is like the classic uh, thought that the artist has is like, what do I have to say? But iteration is a great way to experiment and to get there and to refine your own voice, your own style, your own aesthetic, and to not get too attached. I think the stage I'm at now is is iterative, but trying to refine quicker and trying to maybe define more versus just like iterate, iterate, iterate. But I think that's part of the process that led me here is an iterative one. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned like there's a sort of impermanence to it. Just because you made something doesn't mean, and this is going to sound really cold, but doesn't mean it was worth making. Yeah. It being done is not proof that it should exist, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to throw out work, which is, seems tough because like getting to a fi- finished product is so important. But realizing when a finished product isn't actually a finished product mm. and is a step toward a finished product, it's not easy to do, but it's important that you do it because all too often I see stuff presented because, oh, we, we already did it anyway. Why yeah. not show it? Yeah. Well, no, that's not what the process is all about. Yeah. And, and what is that process all about? That, pro- that process should center around, this was something I was thinking about earlier that is worth mentioning to me. That process c- centers around you feeling like the work you did is good. It feels like something you care about and you're like, yes, this solves the thing we're trying to do. This is something I stand behind. And I, I find early with people I'm working on uh, and in an iterative uh, style, maybe that they haven't necessarily done before is but the biggest feedback sometimes I can just give or the question I can pose to inspire the next round. Cause I think iteration is rounds. So it's usually round thinking versus like, this is the final is like, which one of these do you like? And just, it's, it's mirror, it's mirroring. It's turn the mirror (laughs) around and say like, okay, tell me which one is the good one. And, and I feel like putting the onus, you know what it does, man? In a lot of, in a lot of ways, I think in the, when it's working really well is it takes the onus of directing off of the person you're trying to make something for and puts it back on you because it, it gives you a mirror to, to look at and judge. And then you're able to, oh, make a much better decision for them or with them. And it makes you understand why you came to the decision in the first place to show it. And I can't wait for Pat to drop in just a small sample (laughs) of of Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. Ooh, I like that song. Me too. I haven't heard it in a long time. Maybe maybe you'll do it after we ship it. Just a little snippet before we get the the snippet or the ship it. uh, Speaking of the snippet of ship it. Should we uh, put a bow on this one? It's been a blast, man. Yeah, what a treat. Whenever we do these hustles, I remember how fun they are. I know, we should do them more often. Yeah, and we should never have another guest ever again. RIP our guests. RIP guests. High five. There's the visual gag. Ship it. (laughs) 